0: Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus named disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Jesus. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord today on this Father's Day? All right, how about the rest of you? Are the rest of you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? <laughs> Amen. I'm going to go ahead and let you be seated. I know you've been standing there. Um, it, you know, my brother-in-law, Chris Green, he last year preached your youth camp, and, uh, and he had... nothing but incredible things to say about the youth camp and he spent the whole year talking about it and so I had to come see what this what's happening here you know and he preaches a lot of camps um, but uh, how can I word this nicely Um, (laughs) he doesn't Talk that way about every camp. I'll, maybe I should just leave it there. And so, um, and so but he, what he said about this camp, it's a life-changing camp. And I can tell you he wasn't lying. It was an amazing move of God. You have a wonderful apostolic young people. And I think the thing that gets me the most is just how hungry they are. And maybe that's something that's normal here, but uh, it's not normal everywhere I go. <laughs> it's that, that depth of hunger and desire. Uh, our young you guys have incredible young people. That's just all there is to it They're incredible. incredible. And so um, I, I just have so many things in my spirit today I really do, and I, I want to be cautious of your time and conscience of your time as well but um, before we get into the word of the Lord a couple things I would like to say in preference first of all I have an incredible dad I really do, and um, I wish I could be with him on this Father's Day. My dad is also my pastor, and he's a mighty man of God, using the gifts of the Spirit. So I, the Bible says a godly heritage is of the Lord, and so I can take no credit for the godly heritage, but I am thankful for the godly heritage that God has blessed me with. And so uh, my father is an incredible man of God, and I'm thankful for that. His father was an incredible man of God, and he has since passed, uh, but then also on my mom's side, my grandma- a King, he's still teaching and preaching the gospel, and he's 87 years of age, and he's an incredible man of God. Um, I'll take you further. His dad was an incredible man of God, <laughs> and so it goes on and on and on, but so none of that is to attribute to me. I'm just, uh, here I am. I showed up, and I was given this great heritage, so I want to, you know, do the best to honor that heritage, and I do honor them today, and uh, I was texting him this morning, and uh Oh man, I'm telling you, I could spend all day talking about my dad and my parents, but I know we have a limited time this morning, and and I'm sure there's many wonderful men of God that are in this house uh, of the Lord. You could have spent Father's Day anywhere, but you came to the right place, and I thank you for that. We honor you for that today. Um, I also want to give honor to your pastor and first lady. I mean, your youth president of this district are incredible. They're amazing, aren't they? (laughs) You guys are amazing, and obviously they set the for what's going to happen at our youth camps and I know that I'm the youth secretary of Oregon so I understand how those dynamics work and so when I come into a district and I get experience that I know the work, the effort, the prayer the fasting, the sacrifice that happens behind the scenes to produce that type of environment and that type of move of God so I do honor them today for everything that they have done in this district and with the young people of this district I think that that's incredible Uh, as well I like to honor, I obviously did not know him but the late great brother Akers, and I want to honor him today on this Father's Day as well. Um, you know, growing up I was 12 years old. My dad had me building houses. I can tell you a lot of stories at 12 years of age uh, and uh, wasn't always wearing these suits. I really was out there just digging trenches and tearing out walls, putting walls in, all that fun stuff. At the age of 12, he had me building houses and uh, I've learned a couple things about construction. Anybody done construction in the house? Are you still involved? Okay, good. So you guys are going to be, we're, we're on the same page right now. So I learned some things about construction that it could take 10 skilled men that it spent. they spent their whole lives getting these skills sets, fine-tuned. It could take 10 skilled men months to build a custom house, obviously depending on the size of the house. Months, months, months. But what I've learned is that it can take, it only takes one dumb idiot with a sledgehammer one day to come in there and knock the whole thing down. Isn't that, and maybe some of you have experienced that. It takes 10 men that are skilled laborers months And it took their lifetime to get these skills, just one person to come in. What am I saying? I don't want to be that one person today. I understand that this took many years to build here today. And so I give honor to that great man of God and as well as your new pastor as well for for the labor and the love and the tears and the blood and the sweat that was poured out here for this to be established here in AJ at Lighthouse Church. And so I just feel so good in my spirit. I feel the presence of God. Anybody feel the presence of the Lord in this house today? Oh man, it's just, it's incredible. It really is. And so if you have your Bible, I wanna draw your attention to Exodus chapter 24. You saw my beautiful wife, incredibly beautiful wife on the screen. She is not here today. I wish she was. This is one of the very few times in recent years that we have not been together and I've preached without her. And so... um, so if I mess up, I'm going to blame it on that fact. She's not here, all right? If they, okay, I have some excuse today, thank God. But really, she is my better, better half and mightily used of God. She is an amazing, anointed woman of God, and, and I could spend hours talking about her, but I do give her honor today as well. I would not be here today if it wasn't for that woman of God, her prayers, her fasting. And I can honestly, before God, say that I would not be standing in this pulpit today if it wasn't for that incredible woman of God. I'm just letting you know that, all right? So I give her honor today. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 24, verse 1. Um, I am going to do a little bit more lengthy reading, but I'll just hit a couple of scriptures, and I'll let you sit back down, all right? We're going to go to Exodus chapter 24, verse 1. It says, And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord thou and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. God is speaking to Moses. Now let's jump down to verse 9. Then went up Moses and Aaron and Nahab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel, now jump down to verse 14, and he said unto the elders, tarry here, ye here for, sorry, tarry here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and her are with you, Moses said, if any man have any matter to do, let him come unto that matter. Um, And so today under the unction of the Holy Ghost, I want to talk about the cost to know the cost to know. Look at your neighbor and tell him the cost to know. As you're seated, God bless you in Jesus' name. The cost to know. The cost to know. I <clears throat> want a preference before we jump in this. I'm going to do more. I'm probably going to do more Bible reading today than I would normally do. Uh, but God is prompting me to follow him in the spirit uh, on this, this matter. I couple weeks ago a pastor came up to me and wanted to extend a revival and he came to me and said do you have this date today's date and instantly I said no and I knew I had nothing booked and I stepped back after I said no and I was like why did I say no I had no clue why I said no and in fact later I went to my wife and said I don't know why I said no but I said no and um and the Holy Ghost as I began to pray I had an and, and I I just I'm going to leave it open and, uh, and then during, the, during this week, I had a pastor text me and say, hey, how about this Sunday? And my spirit said, say no. And then on Wednesday night, your pastor came up to me and said, after the service, which was an incredible move of God at youth camp, and said, God said, I, I feel like God's telling me to ask you to come preach at my church. And instantly my spirit said yes, yes to him. And, and I woke up Thursday morning, and God gave me this word for this church. I feel the anointing. I feel my help in this house right now. When I woke up Thursday morning, God gave me one phrase, and the phrase was, the cost to know, the cost to know, and ever since Thursday morning throughout the entire of this week till today, it's been echoing in my spirit, the cost to know, so I feel very, I'll be honest, in my spirit, in my flesh, excuse me, I feel very uncomfortable in my spirit, I feel very confident because God is uh, having me do something today outside of my wheelhouse, if I'm being honest with you, <clears throat> but I... I feel like Paul when I say I'm coming to you bound in the spirit because I must do what the Lord is telling me to do today. So I'm going to read the scripture. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go back to Exodus chapter 21. We're going to do some lengthy reading. today. It's a Sunday morning. Back home where I come from, Sunday morning's teaching time. I don't know how you do it here, but Sunday morning's teaching time. And so we really dig deep into the word of the Lord. And and so I'm going to read some here today. And we're going to go back to our first scripture. And he said unto Moses, come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu, 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near unto the Lord. Now God is speaking unto Moses, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people up with him. Now listen to the phrasing. Neither the shall the people go up with him. Not not the elders. Not the seven elders. He's not- to them. Verse three, and Moses, <clears throat> excuse me, came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said we will do. That's what, that was their spirit at this point in time. Verse four, and Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the, un, under the hill and 12 pillars according to the 12 ties of Israel. And he sent the young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in a basin. And the half blood, he sprinkled it on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and we will obey. That's what they said. We'll do whatever you say, man of God. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. That's what their spirit was saying here in chapter 24, verse 8. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on on the people. Now he's throwing the blood on the people to sanctify them. And said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Now listen to this phrase. Then went up Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and the 70 elders. Then went up Moses... Aaron, Nahab, you and the 70 elders. Now go to verse 13. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God, and he said unto the elders, tarry here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and her are with you. If any man have a matter, or if any man have something that's more important than staying on this mountain with us, let him go tend unto that thing that he has deemed more important than staying on this mountain with me. And God. So today I'm talking about the cost to know. Here, we break into a story. If we'll back up to chapter 19, where where God first calls Moses up to Mount Sinai. Anybody heard of Mount Sinai? Anybody heard of that mountain? All right. Probably a very familiar mal- mountain to anybody that's lived any point in time in Christianity and any church. But Mount Sinai uh, was is in Egypt, and it's, it's not a beautiful place. We'll just leave it there. It's not a beautiful place at all. In fact, there you go. They got my photo up there. This is what many scholars believe today. That's an, a current photo of where Mount Sinai is in Egypt. That's what it looks like right? Isn't that just beautiful? It's amazing, right? Wouldn't you want to climb that and live right up there? It's just an amazing place to be. And, um, but this is what Mount Sinai looks like even today. And it really hasn't changed since then, to be honest with you. And so we, we break in on the story in chapter 19 of where Moses is called by God to go up to the mountain by himself. So he does that. He goes to the mountain and you can read the chapters of the dialogue between God and Moses from chapter 19 all the way to chapter 24 of the text that we read today. And, and so we, we you can read that dialogue between God and Moses, but there's a couple things that stand out to me in that dialogue. One of the things that God says to Moses is, I want you to put a hedge around the mountain so that nobody breaks forth and so that I don't break forth upon them and they die. And, and so 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 he had the, the elders of the tribes of Israel, the leader of the tribe, put the hedge around the mountain and set the hedge around the mountain. I think it's good for us to have some lines and some hedges. Anybody agree with that today? Uh, I think God still today wants us to have some lines and some hedges, some places that are cutoff points. We don't go beyond this point. This is where we stop. It's good to know where the lines are. Can I leave it? Is that all right? It's good to know where the lines are. That's some apostolic preaching. It's good to know where the lines are. And so so that's what God commanded Moses to do. But on top of that, if you go down to the bottom of verse 19, he says, but hey, Moses, when you come back up here, I want you to bring Aaron with you. Now, God began to show me something in the scripture here that I really I had not seen before. And, uh, and so then as he has the dialogue, but in the mountain with God, Moses and God, nine, chapter 19 to t- chapter 24, I won't read all of it for time's sake. Don't worry, you can take a deep breath. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to read all six chapters right now, <laughs> all right? But, but that dialogue happens, and, and then we get to chapter 24. And that's what we read today. We read chapter 24 where, and and he said unto Moses, God said unto Moses, Now listen, Moses, when you come up here this time, I want you to bring Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and the 70 elders with you. When you come up the mountain this time, I want you to bring them up with you which is something I had never heard before until I actually began to read scripture and found I always thought it was Moses that went up by himself every single time, but it wasn't. Scripturally, God commanded him the second time to bring the elders with him up the mountain and to not come by himself. Right. And we find in verse 9 that the Bible literally says that they went up, yeah. telling us that they did climb that mountain with Moses. It was not Moses on the second trek up the mountain. He was not by himself. The elders went with him up the mountain. And then we find as you scroll down through, and come down through chapter 24 that, that that there was a point, a breaking point where God through Moses said, alright you've come far enough up the mountain. Now you're going to stay here in this mountain right here and me and Joshua are going to go up further to the peak of the mountain. Now if you read the story there was a glory cloud that was on the top of the mountain. Now the best I can liken it to because in Oregon we have Mount Hood and you can see it from anywhere. It's beautiful. It's a huge mountain and it's, it's it's, it's really close to Portland, Oregon, where I'm from. And almost no ma- on a clear day, no matter what street you're driving on, you can see this beautiful white mountain. It's huge. It's beautiful off in the distance. And it's really only about an hour from my house. You can go right up the mountain. It's incredible. But I've seen this myself that, that you can see part of the mountain, but the peak sometimes is covered by clouds. So, which means that they could have climbed the mountain almost to the top without actually getting into the glory cloud where God would not allow them to go. Which means they climbed the mountain with Moses probably almost to the peak of that mountain. They trekked up the mountain with Moses. The 70 elders went with Moses up the mountain. He did not go by himself. I want to establish this because uh, because I'm going somewhere. Stay with me today. But what's so interesting is that we, we established them going up the mountain, and they're, they're there, and then Moses says, listen, now that we're here on the mountain, I want you to stay here, and I'm going to go into the glory cow where God is calling me. Now, I want you to pay close attention to what I'm about to say. God told Moses to bring them up the mountain. But he never told Moses to tell them that if there's something more important back down in the valley, then you can go ahead and go back down. Moses said that, not God. Read the scripture. God never told Moses to tell the elders that you know what, if there's a matter that's just so pressing, that's more important than being up here with the glory cloud and with God, then you can go ahead and leave and go back down there into the valley. He never said that. Moses said that probably out of the compassion. Throw my picture of Sinai back up there. Probably out of the compassion of his heart because the Bible says he was the meekest man that ever lived. And so probably out of the compassion of his heart, you see Mount Sinai. It's not a place you want to spend 40 days on, right? And they didn't have heat in the air and they didn't have running water and they didn't, they didn't have all these wonderful things. We, they didn't do glamping back then, people. That didn't exist, all right? That's a new phenomenon. There was no glamping back in the Bible, all right? And so when they get up Probably close to the peak of that mountain, somewhere in one of those ridges, and it's a very difficult trek. In fact, if you go study it today, today, you can actually look up the weather uh, in, in Sinai today on Google. You can find the exact weather today in Sinai. One of the crazy things about Sinai is the wind chill factor at night. It has, no, it has no trees on the mountain, none, nothing to break up the wind at all. And so what's incredible is that during the day, it actually is kind of nice, about 85 degrees. Some of you are probably going to move there now because only 85 degrees, not a lot of humidity. It's just that's kind of nice, pretty comfortable, right, on top of the mountain. That's not too bad. But here's where it gets difficult, is the temperature swings so far at night, it'll get down into the low 20s. And on top of that, there's a windshield factor that happens. It almost cuts through your clothes, they say. So in the day, it's incredible. I could be up there during the day. But when night comes, Come on. Wow. it gets a little more difficult. It's not as comfortable anymore to stay up on the mountain. And, and, and back down in the valley, I, I, my, my, I got my, I got my tempur matrix down there and, 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 and I got, I, I, come on somebody, I got, I got my nice grill down there and uh, I got my nice tent down there and my nice bed and I got all the amenities and comforts of life. I don't know why I'm still up on this mountain. He did say that if there's something that's more important, I, I have an out. He said it. God didn't say it. Now, I want to take you to chapter 32. I'm going somewhere. I know I'm laying some foundation this morning, but follow me. I'm going somewhere. Now, if you jump over to chapter 32 of Exodus. Now, listen, we went from chapter 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, eight chapters later. Listen to this. So those seven chapters between 24 and 32, that's a dialogue between Moses and God. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But that's, that's all those seven chapters are. It doesn't talk about the elders. It doesn't talk about Aaron. It doesn't talk about any of them in all seven chapters. But watch when Moses starts coming back down the mountain in chapter 32. Listen to what happens. And when the people saw that Moses delayed, Mm, Man, I feel a witness in my spirit. When The people saw that it wasn't happening in the timeline, that they expected it to happen. When the people said, you know what? It didn't happen quick enough for us the way we thought it should happen. God didn't do it the way that I thought he should do it. When they saw that Moses delayed and God delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron. Wait. Whoa, 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 hold on. Did you hear what the Bible just said? The people gathered themselves unto Aaron. Last I found out, last I checked in the scripture, Aaron's supposed to be up in the mountain where the glory of God is. But the next time we find Aaron, he's down in the valley. Hold on a minute. I thought God commanded you, Aaron, to stay on top of the mountain with your pastor Moses. But next time we find seven chapters later, Aaron's down in the valley with the people. He's not up in the mountain. You can go read all seven, eight, nine chapters, and you'll see that the timeline is this, that we find the last time we see of Moses, excuse me, Aaron, he's up in the mountain with Moses having a mountaintop experience, and that's where God told him to stay. But then when we come to chapter 37, we find that Aaron is among the people in the valley, and will Moses, his pastor, is still on the mountain. And listen to what happens. Listen to what happens. And he said unto him, up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for mo, as for this Moses, as for this Moses, isn't that incredible wording? As for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we not, we want not what is become. We don't know what happened to him. And he's taken too long to get us an answer from God. And because it's not happening in our timeline, in our time frame, you know what it's like, Aaron. You, you came off the mountain. Wasn't well, that taking too long? That, come on, it just, it just doesn't make sense for us to have to wait around any longer. Let's just go do our own thing. Let's just have our own way of doing things and, and not wait for God and not wait for the man of God to come out of the mountain. Verse 2, and Aaron said unto them, listen, Aaron's not supposed to be here. Aaron's not supposed to be in this chapter. This chapter should have not happened. This story should have not be in your Bible today. Aaron's not supposed to be off the mountain as long as the man of God is in the mountain. He's supposed to be in the mountain with the man of God. And Aaron said, why is he there? Aaron said, break off the gold earrings, which are in the, the ears of your wives, of your sons, of your daughters, and bring them unto me. Now, I could spend a lot of time there, but I'm going to go ahead and cruise on right past it, all right? Because if you go read the next chapter, God says, he judges them and says, take the ornaments off of your children, off of your family, and get rid of those ornaments. And that's God. That's not Darien. all right? I'm going to go ahead and move on right past it right? Verse three, and all the people break off the gold and, and the earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand, and he fashioned it with a graven tool after he had made it in the molten calf. And and they said, these be the gods of Israel which brought us up out of the land. What in the world? And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar for it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said tomorrow is a feast to the lord now listen to this verse 6 i know i'm reading a lot of scriptures stay with me it's church what did you expect people right. and they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings that we're talking about the calves golden calves that the people of israel are bringing peace and offerings to to offer before two golden calves what's happening and the people sat down, listen to this, and the people sat down to eat and to, to drink and rose up to play. I want this to sink in. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Let's watch this right here. So we have a story where God says, Moses, next time you come up this mountain, I want you to bring Ahab Abiyu and Aaron and the elders. I want you to bring all the elders up with you. Don't come back up here by yourself again. I want you to bring the elders of the people of God with you up this mountain. So Moses goes and tells them, I want you to come up the mountain. And they do. The Bible says they go up the mountain. Now, there's a breaking point on the mountain where he's separated from that. We've already established that biblically. There's a breaking point where he's separated from them. And at that point, what happens is is that when, when they separate... Aaron goes up, excuse me, Moses goes up into the glory cloud with God. Isn't that amazing? And then beyond that, what happens is that Moses, the last time we find about Aaron, he's sitting here with the 70 elders, and watch this. God told Moses, I want you to come here for 40 days. I already showed you what Mount Sinai was like. I told you how miserable it is. You know, I've been on some mountains that weren't comfortable. I've had some mountaintop experiences that were difficult and painful. I know a lot of times we say, well, if I can just get that mountaintop experience. I've had some mountaintop experiences that were difficult and painful. And here's where they were at. To get the glory, they had to go to a place that was difficult, that was painful, that was not comfortable. But that's where the glory was. Man, I'm trying to follow the Holy Ghost here because there's a lot of directions I can go in the spirit. But I want to make sure I say exactly what God wants me to say. Here's exactly what God put in my spirit Thursday morning. It's resonated in my spirit ever since Thursday morning. It's, it's that, that, that It can't just be the pastor. Now, I'll tell you, this man of God hasn't said anything to me. I'm just going to put that on the line right now. But it can't just be the pastor that sacrifices and makes the trek up to the glory cloud. It can't. God said it can't see see, the pastor in his heart says I want this I want to do great things I want a great revival I want a great move of God I'll sacrifice I'll do whatever it takes to have it but God said Moses you can't go up there and sacrifice alone take the elders with you And here's what God spoke to me on Thursday morning. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. He said there are some people, not everybody, not everybody, but I'm going to address a couple things in the spirit. Is that right? Can I do that today? Can I give you what God gave me? I don't know anybody in this house. I don't have a personal relationship with anybody. I just met them this week. I don't have a personal relationship with anybody. So when I say stuff in the Holy Ghost, you better know it's God. So listen to me very closely. There are two sets of people. There's two sets of people. This isn't everybody, but there's two types of spirits, if you will. The first one says, I don't want to make the sacrifice up the mountain. It's too much. Now, pastor, if you want to go, go ahead and make the sacrifice, but we'll stay down here in our comfort. If you want to pay the cost, I have nothing against you. Go ahead. Leadership, go ahead. If you want to go up the mountain, go ahead. That's all right. We'll let you do it. We'll be down here in the valley applauding you, living in our comfort, our security, and our ease. The second group of people, which I know is very prevalent right now in my spirit, the second group says, that's fine. We'll climb the mountain. Listen to me. Listen to me right now. We'll climb the mountain. That's fine. We'll make the sacrifice with you to go up the mountain. I'm happy to do that. But when we get there, if it doesn't happen quick enough, we're out. Hey, hey, we'll do it. We'll come with you. We'll give it a shot. Why not? Let's climb the mountain. We might get some good views out of it. That's good, and that, that'll be fun. But but when it gets nighttime, and it gets too cold, and it's no longer comfortable, and we're no longer enjoying the experience, and it's no longer something that we're getting pleasure out of any longer, then, then you know what? You can stay up there with the glory cloud, Pastor, But but I'm out. Something happened between chapter 24 and chapter 32 where Aaron was up there with God and with Moses and the glory cloud and next thing we find Aaron who was supposed to be the high priest. We find him in and among the people. He He shouldn't have been there. Chapter 32 shouldn't have happened. The story in that chapter should have not happened. But you know what happened? You know what? I, I know what happened. I know what happened to those elders. I know what happened to those, those men of God that were on that hill. If what happened to us is they said, you know what? He did, give me an ex- uh, he did give me an out. He did say, you know, if, if I want to leave, I can go ahead and leave. Man, my, I haven't mowed my grass in a while. I probably should go back and get that done well, you know, somebody got to chop the wood back down there. I don't know if they're getting that done. I I better go back down and get that done and so we have Aaron and the elders who I don't know if they lasted one day, I don't know if they lasted two days or a week, but at some point in night, when the night cold nights and the chill kept cutting through their clothes, and it wasn't comfortable any longer to sacrifice, and they didn't feel God, and nothing was changing, and nothing was, listen, I already made the sacrifice to get up the mountain I shouldn't have to stay here week in and week out, and sacrifice, and sacrifice and not seeing the results, I shouldn't have to stay here, come on, Moses would understand, he gets it it's not comfortable up here I should be able to leave this mountain I should be able to leave this mountain because at least I went up the mountain I don't know how plain I'm going to make it today but I want, I want to make sure somebody knows exactly what I feel in the Holy Ghost is that God showed me I'm telling you, in the, I'm telling you God showed me exactly what his desire is God show me in the spirit exactly the burden that's placed upon this man of God. I don't know him so I'm just I'm just talking the Holy Ghost. I, he showed me exactly the burden and the things that God has put in his heart. He's put desires in his heart as the mantle of the pastor has fallen on his shoulders. He, God has put desires in his heart because he's committed all his ways unto the Lord and so God said I'll give you the desire but here's here's where we're at. I'ma Here's where we're at and I want you to know in the Holy Ghost what God desires. God desires a mighty move in this city. God desires a mighty break in this City. God desires a mighty shift in this church where his glory falls, in his presence falls, and lives are transformed, and situations are made whole, and marriages are brought back together. That's what God desires for this city right now. I'm telling you right now. I'll tell you right now. God, let me know the exact phrase to use because some of you have prayed it as well. And he has definitely prayed it. God, I want to know what it's going to cost for revival. God, I want to know whatever the cost is, I'll pay it. Some of you have prayed it. God, I want to know what it's going to cost me for a breakthrough. Whatever it is, let me know. I want to know. I want to know the cost That it will take for a shift to happen in this city, for a shift to happen in this church. We want a mighty move of God. Tell me, God, what it's going to cost us. You let me know, God, what it's going to cost us. And I'll lay it down. I'll do it. You just let me know. And so that's why when I woke up on Thursday morning, the only phrase that resonated in my spirit was the cost to know. The cost to know. And let me tell you what I know in the spirit right now is that there is a mountain standing in front of you and some of you know it. Some of you know exactly what it is in your own personal life. There's a mountain standing in front of you, and it's high, and it doesn't look comfortable, and it looks treacherous, and it's going to be difficult. That you've stayed at the base in the comfort zone, and you said, "Well, one day we might tackle that mountain. One day we might go ahead and do that. One day I might do it." But right now, I, I just I'm comfortable where I am. But I can hear God in my spirit saying, "Listen, elder. Listen, woman of God, and man of God, elder of the church. It's time for you to grab a hold of the hand of the man of." God and both of you together, all of you together, you start marching up that mountain. You start making the sacrifice it takes together so that you get a breakthrough in this church, so that you get a breakthrough in this city, so that God's glory can visit this place once again. What's so amazing to me, what's so incredible to me, if you read those seven chapters, the dialogue between Moses and between God in those seven chapters when Moses and the elders decided to vacate the premises and get back down there to their sleep number mattresses, when they decided to do that, look at the seven chapters. Watch and read what God is telling Moses. It's it's incredible. You know what God tells Moses? I have all my scriptures. I can give them to you. He said, it's my desire, Moses, that I dwell among my people. I, 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 I'm tired of sitting upon this mountain and just, just letting one person experiencing my glory, the man of God. I, I want to dwell amongst my people. In fact, Moses, I want you to build me a house. And he gives him the dimensions. He gives them exactly the dimensions and how to build it. And he says, I want you to build me a house. And then on top of that, I want you to build me this box called the ark so my glory can dwell among my people. God wants his glory to dwell once again mightily in this house and in this city. And he's just waiting for somebody that's willing to grab a hold of the arm of the pastor and say, Pastor, all that is in your heart, let it be done. Everything that God has put in your heart, I don't know the sacrifice. I don't know how hard it'll be. But whatever it is, I'll climb the mountain with you. I'll pay the price with you. You won't do it by yourself. I'm going to do it with you, Pastor. We're in this together. <laughs> Whatever's in your heart, Pastor, let it happen. And so he, he, he takes the elders up there. And here's what I know in the spirit is that when you get up there, When you make the sacrifice and you start feeling the move of God's spirit at times, that it's going to require another sacrifice. You're going to have to stay in that place that's not comfortable. And there'll be nights that are cold. There'll be nights that are not comfortable. There'll be things that come, and it seems like it's cutting through your spirit. It's that, that cold wind of the mountain that's cutting through your clothes, but really it's, it's, it's piercing through your spirit. It's, it's not a comfortable place to be, but if the pastor stays up there, then I'm going to stay up here, and, and I'm not going to come out of this mountain until the pastor comes out of this mountain. I, as long as he stays up there, I'm going to stay up here. As, as long as he can sacrifice, I can sacrifice. 40 days Moses was up there talking to God, as friend does with friend, the Bible tells us. And watch this. The next thing he talked about after God told Moses, I want the glory to be among my people. I want to dwell there. The next thing he says, he shows Aaron how to make the anointing oil. He says, I want my people to be anointed. And here's how you make the anointing oil. What's so amazing to me is that these these two things, there was other things he talked about, but these two things alone that Moses would talk with God and God would reveal to Moses, these revelations, these understandings, imagine when Moses, after 40 days, steps out of the glory cloud and and he starts walking down the mountain and he doesn't have to walk very far because he comes to the camp where he left the elders at. and There's nobody there hold on, I, I, I told him to stay here. Where, where are they? He reaches down and he feels the fire and the coals of the fire. Maybe they're, they're just off hunting or maybe they went around the corner and they're, they're just walking and taking a walk and they're not here right now. And he feels the coals of the fire and they are freezing cold. They haven't been here in a while. 40 days. Forty days in chapter 24, Israel said, all that the Lord commands, Moses will do it. Forty days later, they're building calves and idols and they're dancing, the Bible says, naked around them. Forty days. And you want to know why it happened? I know it in the Holy Ghost. You want to know why it happened? Because an elder, and elders said, you know what? It's too much of a sacrifice. We're going to go head back down. And they left the man who got up on the mountain by himself. And when they headed back down, the next scripture, next time we find Aaron, the Bible says, and Aaron said, why was Aaron there? If Aaron wasn't there, they couldn't have talked to Aaron. They couldn't have said, Aaron, hey, let, let's build the golden calf. Let's, no, 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 but, but Aaron said, no, nah, it's too difficult. I, I, I did it for seven days. I sacrificed for seven days, and nothing shifted, and nothing changed. And so you know what? I'm done and he came back off the mountain with the elders, and now we find Aaron down there in the valley building, building golden calves to to uh, to not to these fake faux gods, and and they're worshiping and dancing, and I can see Moses as he's walking down. He doesn't understand why the, they're not at the camp, but he's like, okay, fine, and he begins to walk past the camp, and as he's walking down the mountain, he begins to hear these noises, these shouts, and it almost sounds like worship, but but something's wrong. It doesn't sound like normal apostolic worship. Apostolic worship. <laughs> it doesn't sound like normal children of God worship. It doesn't sound like the worship that he heard when God parted the Red Sea and they came out. It doesn't sound like that kind of worship that Miriam did with the tambouring and the praise. It doesn't sound like that. It sounds different to Moses. Something's not right here. And as he continues to walk down the mountain and the noises become clearer and clearer, he realizes this isn't, this isn't worship to Jehovah. No, 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 no. Something's wrong. He can feel it in his spirit. Something's wrong here and here's the chance, and he looks and he sees the people naked, dancing around, just 40 days before, they were on board with the man of God, and they said, everything you say that God says, we'll do it, but 40 days later, they're dancing naked around idols, and it just took 40 days, and you wanna know why it happened? Because some elders didn't hold the line. Some elders didn't stay on the mountain and say, we're not gonna move until God moves. We're not gonna leave this place of sacrifice until God says you can leave this place of sacrifice. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to move from this place until God says, and the man of God says, it's time to come down. All right. Chapter 32 should have went something like this. Can I tell you the real version of what should have happened? You want to know the real story that God intended to happen in chapter 32? Let me tell you. What happens is Moses walks down the mountain, not very far, And he comes to a camp and the 70 elders are there and they've been praying and they've been fasting and they've been sacrificing because the Bible says they did not eat or drink, referring to the elders. Moses fasted 40 days on that mountain. The Bible does not record one place where where he ate. He comes down and the elders have been fasting and praying and sacrificing. And it wasn't comfortable, and it wasn't convenient, and it was difficult. But it comes down, and they link arms together. And he has the Ten Commandments in this hand. And he has this arm he links around this, this elder. And, this, and they link arm and arm and arm. And they say, let me tell you what God told me. We can have the glory, and we will have the glory. We can have a move of God, and we will have a move of God. And so all of them together link up, and they take the glory cloud with him down into the camp and they build the house of God and they build the ark and the glory falls and lives are changed and the nation is transformed. That's what should have happened in chapter 32. All for the want of an elder. All for the want of an elder is the reason why that did not happen. But instead of the glory falling in chapter 32 and the nation being transformed, instead of that happening, you know what happened? Judgment fell. 3,000 men died for no reason at all. all right. And they died because elders said, I'm not willing to stay on the mountain and I'm not willing to sacrifice any longer. Jesus, Jesus. So 3,000 men died. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe that? All for the want of an elder. I feel it in my spirit today as strong as I've ever felt it in the Holy Ghost that there are young men and young ladies and there are men and women all across this city right now and they are waiting for elders to join links with this man of God and stay on the mountain and sacrifice until something shifts until the glory falls until the revival comes it won't be convenient it won't be easy I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but there is a cost for revival. Yes, it's not easy. Right. Right. But if you're willing to join arms and say, I'm going to stay here, Pastor. I know it's difficult. I know it's not easy. I know it's not comfortable, but I'm going to stay right here on the mountain with you. And until you come out of that cloud, and until you've heard from God, and until God's given you instruction, I'm not going to leave this place of sacrifice until something shifts, until something breaks, until my family is in the altar, my backslidden family comes back, until I get a call from my uncle and my aunt that are backslidden, and they say, I got to get right with God. I'm going to sacrifice until something breaks in the Spirit. I'm telling you in the Spirit right now, This man cannot do it by himself. He has said nothing to me about this, so listen to me. He cannot do it by himself. It requires each and every one of you precious women and men of God to link up with him and say, Pastor, let's do it. I know it's not going to be easy. I know it's not going to be convenient. I know it's going to cost me something, but I'm willing to do it with you. And if you're going to stay up there and sacrifice, I'm going to stay up there and sacrifice. If you're going to give everything, then I'm going to give everything. And we're going to see him of God because I'm desperate for it. I'm desperate for it. I'm not satisfied to stay where we are. They came down the mountain because they were satisfied with what was down the mountain and not what was on top of the mountain. Down the mountain was the comforts and the ease of life but on top of the mountain was the glory of God. They could have stayed there and said, I'm not, I'm not satisfied until I get a move of God in my home, and my family, so I'm gonna stay here till I get that with my pastor because that's what he wants. He wants your family saved. He wants the city reached and that's exactly what I believe you want. But God is calling some men and women elders of God in this house to some sacrifice. And I wish today that I could talk about peace and and hope And, and all those things are wonderful but that's not the mission that God gave me today. God told me this is exactly what is needed in this hour. And if you're willing to go up there if you're willing to go up there and make it, then God will fall like rain in this city, in this church, in this community. But you have to be willing. Hey, I'm just an evangelist. I can't do it. I can't sacrifice for you. You are the elders of this church. God has divinely placed you here. You are you're more valuable than you realize you are. If you understood your value, you would not hesitate because God wants to use you. You see, Moses went up that mountain. And Moses fasted for 40 days. The man of God gave everything he could give. Could you imagine his heartbreak when he comes down and realizes that everybody's turned their back on him and on God? He gave everything. He had nothing left to give. And he comes back down the mountain, and everybody's forsaken him and his God. You see? The elders, the pastor, he can go on that mountain. But without elders, it'll all fall to pieces. The move of God that God wants to happen here will crumble to pieces. It'll never come to fruition. And years down the road, we'll be sitting here and, and wondering, I wonder what we, God would have done. I, I, I wonder what could have happened if we had just been willing. To make the sacrifice. See, I was born and raised in this. I know the power of elders. My mentor was Warren Smith. He's just a sound man. You thought I was going to say Lee Stoking or something. No. He was Warren Smith. He was a sound man. But he was mightily used by God. That man knew how to travail. That man knew how to sacrifice. One time he walked into our bishop's office. And he wrote a check for every dollar he had in the bank. And he was an older man. He had no retirement. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just telling you, listen, he was willing to lay his life down. And our church had revival. And we had breaks. And we saw souls hit the altar. I never thought in my lifetime would come back to an altar. All because an an elder said, you know what? I'm going to lay it down. You want to know how powerful he was? You don't even know his name, Warren Smith. You've never seen his picture. hes I'm sorry, he never preached because of the times. You never saw him. He didn't preach. He never got behind the pulpit. He stayed in the back and no one ever knew him. He was such a powerful man of prayer. He died years ago. Listen, he was such a powerful elder and man of prayer and he knew how to travel in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, one day, listen to this, one day after he had died, I was driving home in my work van and as I turned the corner, this thought hit me the prayers of Warren Smith. And I felt the Holy Ghost fill my work van. I said, what do you mean, God, the prayers of Warren Smith? He said, you know, you may die, but your prayers will never die. The Bible says they are a memorial before God and they will not die. You know what I did? Watch, Watch me now. I said, God... Will you remember the prayers of Warren Smith? And tears filled my face. The glory of God filled my van. I said, God, will you remember the prayers of Warren Smith over his backslidden sons? Watch this. Turned the corner and I pulled him to drive my, way my house. No sooner than probably a minute, my phone began to ring. And his son Aaron Smith said, Darian, I got to get back to God. Hey, Darian, my life's messed up. I don't know what I'm doing. I've messed up with drugs. I've, I've went through three divorces, and my life's in shambles. Can you help me? I said, Aaron, yeah. Yeah, I can. God wants to save you. He came to that service that Sunday, received the Holy Ghost, repented, and got right with God. And you tell me that elders don't matter and that your prayers don't matter and that your prayers don't shift the spirit world, I've come to rebuke the lie from hell that your sacrifice, your prayers, they make great impact in the spirit realm. Your prayers will shift this entire city and turn this city upside. Your sacrifice will be the thing that breaks this stronghold in this city. Your prayers will be the thing that shifts the supernatural realm. I feel God in this house. I can tell you many more stories of elders in my life that laid down sacrifices, greater sacrifices than I've ever made. And you don't know their name, but I could tell you about a book in heaven. You know, Paul, in one of his epistles, he began to close out his epistle, and he began to name people that had helped him in the church. And then he stopped himself, and he said, you know what? I can name you my little, not my little epistle here, but is isn't really that important. That's kind of how he worded it. It's not important. It's been in the Bible for thousands of years. I can put your name in this my little epistle here, or I can tell you a greater thing, that your name is in the Lamb's book of life. What's greater than, Paul said, what's greater than having your name in my epistle, a book that will last for thousands of years and millions upon millions of apostolic and Christians would read their name. He said, what's greater than that is that your name is in the Lamb's book of life. I'm telling you, elder, you may have thought that you have no value. The devil's been lying to some of you. You may have thought that your time is passed and they don't need me anymore. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God is calling some elders to some sacrifices in prayer, in fasting, in laying themselves down on the altar again and saying, Pastor, all that's in your heart, let it happen. I want us to stand. I want us to stand in this building because God has stepped into this house. I want every eye closed. I want you to get your mind off of everybody else and everything else around you right now. In 1 Chronicles 17, chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. Now it came to pass, as David sat in his house, that David said unto Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark where the glory of God dwells, the covenant of the Lord remaineth under a curtain. Then Nathan said unto David, Do all that is in thine heart, for God is with you. God woke me up yesterday morning with this verse in my spirit. And let me tell you under the uncture of the Holy Ghost what God's looking for. You need to listen to this young man. Listen to me. God is looking for an elder to come to his pastor and say, Pastor, all that's in your heart, do it. We're with you. I know it's a high price tag. I know it's not gonna be easy, but all that's in your heart, do it. I'm with you. I, I, I know it's not going to be easy, Pastor, but all that's in your heart, you do it and I'll be right alongside you and I'll pay the cost with you. I won't let you stay on that mountain by yourself. I'll pay that price with you. These altars are open and God is talking to some elders right now and saying, are you willing to climb the mountain? are you willing to pay the cost are you willing to grab a shoulder and arm with arm with your pastor and say whatever it costs i'll do it i won't even question it i won't even question it we'll do it pastor i may not understand why you're having us do it i don't understand why you're having us climb a mountain i don't understand why you're having us make these sacrifices but i don't need to understand it i'll just do it oh Oh I may not understand it, Pastor. But if God put it in your heart, let's do it. Pastor, if God put it in your heart, let's do it. My I wish somebody we begin to spray in the holy ghost and speak in other tongues as the spirit of god gives you utterance i wish somebody would get a hold of god right now and lift your voice and say god whatever you want me to do i'll do it